Matthew chapter 1, the first, well, verses 18 to 25, from the theme, listening, hearing, and obeying God. Listening, hearing, and obeying God. We find the word of God tells us in those verses that we've already read in your hearing, the story of how the birth of Christ actually takes place. And it talks about it from Joseph's perspective. If you look at the book of Luke, you'll find it talks about it from Mary's perspective. But today, let's look at this account, and then on next Sunday, we will have service at 11 a.m., so unwrap the presents and show up for church. So the book of Matthew, chapter 1, and let's read those verses again for those that have not heard them. Now, the birth of Yeshua HaMashiach was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, being before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then uh, Joseph, her man, being a just man, not willing to embarrass her or make her a public figure uh, example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of Yahuwah appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto you, Mary, your woman or your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. Some of your Bibles say Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled by the prophets of which the prophets spoke, um, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God is with us, or God is with me. Then Joseph, being uh, raised from sleep, did as the angel of God had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and she knew not, she knew him not, and he knew her not until she brought forth her firstborn son. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you and give you glory, our Yeshua, for your goodness and your mercy. Come now into the midst of us and share the word of life. Holy Spirit, minister to us and lead and guide us. Bring back to our mind those things that we've studied. And use us for the glory of God, Lord. Feed your people. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive the engrafted word of God and to apply the principles to our own lives. We ask it now in Christ Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. So we find that this story, the setting of it, takes place where Joseph himself is having to go back home to Jerusalem because of the taxation that took place every year. They had to go back and get all their property and stuff together and prepare to pay a senior, which is the taxes on those properties. And so Joseph was preparing for that. And in the process, he meets his wife-to-be, who is Mary. Their marriage was an arranged marriage. There was property involved money and cattle and other things involved in this marriage arrangement. And in the process of all of this, the Lord had already already paid a visit to Mary. God sends Gabriel to talk to Mary and tell Mary 
that she's going to have a child as a virgin. And Mary says, how can this be possible that I not even know a man that I should have a child? And the angel tells her, the thing will come upon you by the Holy Ghost. You will conceive and you will have this son. Mary, no doubt, has a conversation with Joseph, but she never tells Joseph about the angel talking and speaking with her. And they are in agreement. The angel tells Mary, go and see Elizabeth, who is in her old age and is about to bear a son. So Mary takes off and goes to visit Elizabeth, who is six months pregnant with Mary's cousin, John the Baptist. Mary goes and she stays there for a total of three months till John is born. And then she returns back home to her espoused husband, Joseph. And the story picks up that they were together and she was found in verse 18 with child of the Holy Spirit. Now what does that mean she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit? In other words, when Mary left, she was normal. When she came back, she was showing pregnancy. And Joseph, no doubt, looked upon it and said, now wait a minute, you've been gone three months. But what in the world happened while you were away? Joseph, the Bible says he's a just man. So since he's a just man, he's not going to publicly uh, disgrade her or, 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 or put her before the public because it called for stoning when you were pre-engaged to be married and you popped up pregnant. No doubt Joseph wanted to ponder these things and think about what he's going to do comes to this conclusion, I know what I'll do. I'll put her away privately. That way nobody will ever know what went down. That was his plan, but what was God's purpose? What was God using Joseph for? The story goes on and Joseph goes to sleep. While he is asleep, he gets a visit from the angel. Now notice, Gabriel goes directly to Mary during the day and talks to her. But Joseph, God knows your conscience. He knows your mind. He knows who you are personally. And he also knows how he needs to deal with you. So he sends Gabriel to see Joseph, but he does it in a dream. He says, now, Gabriel, go down there and tell him what I want done. I know what he wants to do, but tell him what I want done. And sometimes we have our minds made up what we want to do and how we're going to do it and how we're going to carry it out. And we really don't care who it hurt. But Joseph was trying to be the just, honorable, respected man in his society and not to publicly embarrass his espoused wife. So he goes to sleep and the angel comes and talks with him and tells him, now look here, boy, I know what you think. All of us will have that thought as men. Wait a minute, she's supposed to be getting married to me soon and this ain't working out like it's supposed to here. So the angel says, wait a minute now. That which is inside of Mary was put there by the Holy Spirit and she's going to have a child. And when she has this child, you're going to name him Jesus. So don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife 
Because what's going on is all spiritual because Christ comes to what? Save his people from all of their sins. Joseph gets this visit. Messenger comes and talks with him and tells him what's going to happen between him and Mary. And he wakes up. And when he wakes up, he realizes he was in a dream. But the dream was real. You ever had a dream and what you dreamt manifested? I've had dreams. I told a friend of mine, you are pregnant with twins. She told me I was crazy. And nine months later, they birthed. I told her she was pregnant with her first child. And she told me I was crazy. And nine months later, they birthed. He birthed. So God will show you what he wants you to know. And sometimes he'll do it in a dream. God will warn you in a dream of what's going to happen or what's about to happen. God will come to you and warn you that prepare yourself, this is going to happen. Prepare yourself, that's going to happen. God will send the angel to minister to you. Gabriel went to Mary, Gabriel went to Elizabeth, and then Gabriel came to Joseph. He had three messages for three people. When, when he told Elizabeth, Zachariah, that they were going to have a son, Zachariah got smart and laughed about it. God struck him dumb till the baby was born. And the first thing he said was, what is his name? And he said, John. Because that's what the angel told him to call him. But you see, when God wants to move, he will move in our lives. He will move in our hearts according unto his purpose and his will for our lives. Bible says that Joseph wakes up. He realizes that what God had said was going to manifest, whether he was ready for it to manifest or not. But God had a hold on Joseph because Joseph was an honorable man. Joseph was a man that was to be respected and revered in his community. No doubt he was a leader in that nation. But the reality is God used him to bring the Savior into the world because Joseph was in the lineage of the tribe of Judah. And Christ comes in that tribe. So if Joseph had not married and carried through what God had orchestrated and ordained him to do, Christ wouldn't have come through the tribe of Judah. Because not only did Joseph have to accept Christ as his son, he had to allow the lineage of his birthright to be passed over to Christ our Yeshua, who is our redeeming Savior now. If that hadn't happened, where would we all be today? So Joseph played a vital role in the relationship he had with his spouse wife because she had to be in lineage with the tribe of Judah. Christ had to come through that tribe. Joseph, not only did Joseph accept Christ as his son, but he named him what the angel told him to name him, which was Yeshua, which means God is with us. That's what his name means. See, a lot of people look at Jesus as just a simple name. His office is the uh, anointed Messiah. That's Christ. But his name is what his purpose is. His purpose is to what? Come, redeem, and save his people from their sin. He came to the Jews first. He went on that cross and gave his life for their salvation and for our salvation. And we talked about that last week in our uh, Bible study in the 17th chapter of St. John, the book. Christ prayed 
over everybody, all of those disciples. And then he prayed for you and I. Pray that, that, that everybody that received Christ would be covered and protected. And he's still doing that today, covering us and protecting us and watching over us, even though sometimes we don't even realize it. Sometimes we worry about what's going to happen. Don't worry. God's got it all in control. God's going to take care of you. All you've got to do, keep your faith and trust in him. What if Joseph said, Lord, I don't care what you say. I'm not doing that. She done messed up and went out there and been with a man. What if he was that type of person? Sometimes people jump the gun and they begin to share things that they ought not to share. But the reality is some things, and you heard me say it earlier, are private. It's not anybody's business. What if Joseph had went out there and blabbed to his friends who said, now you know that's your girlfriend, you know that's your fiance rather, and y'all supposed to get mad, what's going on with her bro, come on, let's talk about it, come on, tell me what's up. That's how most of us think. But Joseph said, I'm not going to tell nobody nothing. It ain't their business, and sometimes it's not your business, just keep your mouth shut. The less you know, the better. When God gets ready to reveal something, guess what he'll do? He'll tell you. So the first thing the man of God does is he acknowledges that there is something wrong with his relationship. And sometime until you realize there is a problem, you can never find a solution. You've got to realize something is wrong. And sometimes the thing that's wrong is right between here, between these two eyes. When you go look in the mirror, you see the problem. Father, what's the problem? And you go look in the mirror and the Holy Ghost say, you the problem, dummy. <laughs> Get yourself right and you don't have to worry about what's going on with somebody else. But he realized there was a problem. Secondly, instead of him just coming to a conclusion, and a lot of times we get emotions involved and disturbment involved, and as soon as emotions get involved, we're going to do the wrong thing. There's an old saying, never act when you are emotional. Always allow yourself to calm down and go into thought. Somebody's going to knock somebody out last week. I can see you with your fist up and you're ready to hit somebody. But God says, don't be irrational when you are emotionally disturbed. The best thing to do is go somewhere and be quiet and allow yourself to calm down. I had a customer, he used to bring his wife into the dealership and she would be so excited and excited and excited and he would say, calm down, Jennifer, calm down. Because she would let her emotions run away. And sometimes people are like that. They will let their emotions overtake them and mess something up. But Joseph, instead of allowing his emotions to overcome him, he said, let me think about this thing. Let me just, let me just think about this. And he goes into solitude. And he thinks about it and he prays. And that is the best result for whatever you're going through. Think about it and pray and just sit there and listen to God. Open your Bible and read the word and feed your, feed your spirit man. And the very thing that you're thinking about doing, you won't do it. You're going, I'm going to go down there and take care of myself. No, no, no. You just go pray about it and let the Lord take care of it. Because if he take care of it, you ain't got to worry. He's going to be taken care of it. But if you get involved, oh my goodness and gracious, it's going to be trouble in the city, as I heard somebody say. Second thing Job did was he 
listen to the message. He was asleep, and the angel comes to him and tells him what's going to happen. He's asleep. God says best to tell this boy when he's asleep. Talk to him while in his sleep. God says some of us are so thick-headed, sometimes he needs to talk to us in our sleep. He needs to send the message while we sleep so that we can get the message. And when he gives you their message, you're more alert in your sleep than you was if you was awake. So God says Joseph needs to be asleep at this time because we don't, we don't need to be talking to him so he can go be talking to other people. We want to talk directly to him, Gabriel, and nobody else. And sometimes God will deal directly with you with whatever you're going through and whatever you're experiencing. He will deal directly with you. He will tell you how to handle it. Gabriel tells him, now look out here, boy. You can't do what you want to do. You got to do what God wants you to do. Sometimes we want to take it into our hands and handle it ourselves. I can just take a brick, you know what I mean? I can take this club I got in the bathroom or this here, this here club I got for the car, the steering wheel, and just go wild. But God says, what would that accomplish? See, when you allow your emotions to take to get the advantage of you, it makes you look foolish in the eyes of the people that you're trying to do something to. So I thought you had more self-control than that. I thought you could contain yourself better than that. But God says, don't let the adrenaline get you. When you get to that place where you can't handle it, you need to go and get help. Don't do nothing to yourself. and Don't do nothing to the other person. You say, Lord, I need help. Because I can't handle this. More than I can bear. Shed your tears and cry, but say, Lord, help me to hold on. Help me to hold out. Something's going on. I just can't handle it. Sometimes you get news that'll shock you like I did a couple weeks ago. You're talking to somebody one day and the next day you get the call. They have transitioned. Now, Lord, wait a minute. You didn't tell me about this part. Talk to me because I want to know what's going on. See? But you have to put it in God's hands and let him work it out. See, our plans was not God's plans. We had our mind made up what we were going to do and I wasn't going to be long announcing something to the church. But God said... That is not my plan. That's y'all's plan. And she transitioned. Let's go a little bit further with this. Because you have got to hear the message from God. You have got to apply what God says. What if Joseph had said, I'm not going to do that. As good as it sounds, I don't even believe it. And see, sometimes you have to act by faith. Even though you may not believe a thing. Sometimes people may tell you stuff and you look at them like they're crazy. But God will manifest exactly what he wants to manifest through who he send the message through. And to and to whom he send it to, he will manifest his glory, his power. He said, Joseph, do not be afraid of Mary. There's absolutely nothing wrong with your wife. That that she's carrying is of the Holy Spirit. There is a purpose for him coming this way. And the Bible says that Joseph accepted the message from the angel. Sometimes you have got to obey what God says. It may not look good to you. It may not be the best solution you think that you could come up with. But when God speaks, you have to yield and give it to God. You have to say, Father, I don't understand. But I put it in your hand. You are bigger than I am. You're greater than I am. You know more than I can possibly comprehend. 
See, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3 and 20 that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we even ask or think. So before you even thought it, he already knew the outcome. Before it ever came up in your mind, God had already orchestrated it to come up in your mind. So you have to say, now, Lord, you put this in my spirit. Otherwise, I wouldn't be thinking it. See, some of us think our thoughts come from us. They come from the devil. They don't come from the devil. They're coming from God. When the devil gives you thoughts, you know it ain't from God because it ain't nothing, nothing spiritual about it. It's all devilment. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's go do that. It's not from God. It's from the devil. When God speaks to you, he's going to be clear. It's going to be righteous. It's going to be holy. It's going to be pure. And it's going to benefit you. So he says, whatever you do, obey his voice. Romans tells us in the second chapter, though to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory or the glory, honor, and the immorality of God, he will give eternal life. So he says, get eternal life by doing what's right. Get eternal life by following the principles and the teachings of what God's word says. Joseph could have done something different. But the Bible says in those last few verses that he took the word of God, he took it to heart. And sometimes we need to take it to heart. We need to think about it from our inner man. Not from the outer man, the pride of life, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh that gets us in so much trouble with God. Say, Lord, I'm filled. God said the, the, the best or the, or the dirtiest or the cleanest that you are is still filthy to him. So we have to go to God and say, Lord, clean me up. First of all, help me to receive the message. Because sometimes we don't want to receive the message. We want to well, let me go and make a phone call and check this out for myself. Let me do this or let me do that. And God tells you exactly what's going on. And you're totally ignoring God and you're going to Billy and Paul and Peter and Robert and everybody else. Yeah. And then when God finally speaks to you, he says, if you hadn't listened to me first, instead of going to all them different people, they don't know nothing. Not like I know. They, they can't help you like I can help you. Yeah, you're going to go through. You're going to suffer. You're going to have heartaches. You're going to have hardships. But God has got you. No matter what people try. The devil will try to take you out. The devil don't really want you. The devil wants the word. And if he can silence you from preaching the word of God, guess what he's going to do? Exactly that, he said. Let's mess him up so he'll have to go to the hospital. I say, I'm going to the church because I got to preach this morning. God said, I am with you. Guy got out of the church, all, out of his truck, all apologetic and carried on this morning. I said, brother, 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 calm down, calm down. It's a vehicle. It can be replaced. Are you okay? And I prayed for him. Prayed for his wife who dropped me off at church. When she picked him, when she came to the scene. You have to show compassion. At all times. In all circumstances. You have to show compassion. If you don't, you'll put yourself in jeopardy. God says, I got this. I will handle it. That's what he told Joseph. Let me do this, boy. 
You want to do it your way, but we're going to do it the way that God has orchestrated. And sometimes the purpose of God is more greater than the purpose and the plans and the mind of man. And the word even says that even though you have your own plan, God will direct your steps in your duty. He will tell you which way to go. He will tell you how to handle whatever it is you're dealing with. Go to him first. Think about it. Joseph, let me think about this thing because this is a bit much. You know, you have them circumstances come up in your life. It's a bit, bit much for you to handle. And you have to say, let me think about this a minute. Yeah, yeah. Somebody call you with some news. You got to say, let me go and pray on that and I'll get back with you. I was talking to a friend. Uh, he's attended this church a couple of times, been, been here and visited. And he was telling me something about something that he had heard and somebody had called him and told him some things. And I said, brother, 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 I said, he's human. you got to pray for him. Don't go coming up with, uh, with your own answers or speculating your own ideas behind what you've been heard or told. Pray and let God do the rest. Yes. That's always my prayer. Lord, whatever comes up, let the people of God pray. Let the people seek God for the answers. And then trust that God knows what he's doing. None of us know what we're doing, but God knows what we're doing. Everything that we do, we have to do it through the power and the orchestration of the Holy Spirit so we can get to the place where God is trying to get us to. We trust him and believe as Joseph trusted him and believed and grew child or Christ from a child till he was an adult. Took over his earthly ministry. What if his stepfather had said, nope, 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 it's not happening. Where would we, we wouldn't even be sitting here today. Because we would have no idea that there was a man that came through 42 generations. Wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And he came to save his people from their sins. That they may have a relationship back to the father first and then him. And the spirit which reigns within them. That's what Christ came to do for us. That's why Joseph had to be obedient and do what God says. Because if Joseph hadn't been obedient, do you actually think we've come to this place now? You actually think that we would be able to sit here and give God glory and praise for everything that we experience because we keep our faith and trust in him? We couldn't do it. But by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, by the unmerited favor of God, by the goodness of God, we are here giving him glory and giving him praise. We have a lot to be thankful for because of all that he has already done for us. And all that he continues to do for us, we must be thankful. We must show him that we appreciate all of his goodness and all of his righteousness. May God bless you this morning and heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this message, Lord God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for allowing us to symbol ourselves in the place of worship one more time to give you glory, to give you praise, and to honor you. Father, help us to listen. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to apply the principles of the, your word to our lives. Help us to obey and do those things that you have orchestrated and called all of us to in our lives. And give us guidance. Let us sit and meditate on the things that are on our heart and seek you for direction. We bless you and pray you. Touch every member in this congregation and meet all of their needs according to your riches and glory. We just pray now for this church and this church family. Be with us today. Strengthen us today and help us. For we need your help. We need your power. We need your grace and your mercy. 
We pray to thee, our Heavenly Father. We bless you. Christ Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. Let all God's people say, Amen. God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Both the first and the second chapter of the book of Luke today, chapter 1, is where this begins. Then it picks up in chapter 2. So from the theme, the miraculous conception. The miraculous conception. In the book of Luke chapter 1, we find around the 26th verse these words. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel went, was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail you that are highly favored. God is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you are, have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Yeshua or Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And God Elohim shall give him, give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Picking up in the first, second chapter, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this tax was first when Carinus was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the town of Nazareth, or the city of Nazareth, into the Judah, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swollen clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our Yeshua, we come to bless you, to glorify you this morning. We thank you for this day and for this hour. We seek your wisdom and your guidance and your knowledge this morning, Father. We ask you to bring back to our members those things that we've already studied and reviewed. We pray now for this congregation that you'd open their eyes to see, their ears to hear, and their hearts to receive the engrafted word of life. We thank you this morning. We praise you and we bless you for these that are in the house, those that are worshiping all over the city, the state, and the country this morning. Bless your people everywhere. Touch the nation of Israel. Bless them in the name of Christ Yeshua. We ask these blessings now. Come Holy Spirit and teach us. Lead and guide us by your wisdom, by your word, and by your power. Christ Yeshua's name we pray that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. 
we find the word of God tells us that this is a miraculous conception that is taking place on this morning, the birth of Christ, December the 25th, as we celebrate. This prophecy is told in the book of Michael. Michael talks about this very event that we are sharing this morning. In the book of Michael, that prophecy in the fifth chapter, verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth unto me that is to be the ruler of Israel, whose going forth have been of old from everlasting. So the prophecy of Christ coming into the earth manifests and come forth right now. In this prophecy, Micah talks about the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He tells us that he's coming forth from the nation uh, to take over the nation of Israel. Remember, now this particular story tells us and shares with us how this event takes place from Mary's perspective. We talked about it from Joseph's perspective on last Sunday. Now today, I want to talk about it from Mary's perspective because the angel Gabriel had already gone down to Elizabeth and had spoken to her in her old age. He talked to Sarah in the Old Testament and spoke to her in her old age, both of whom were barren, did not have children. And God blessed their wombs and opened them up. Rebecca could not have children and God blessed her. Opened her womb and gave her sons. Word of God tells us that, 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 that this story is symbolic to all the miracles that God had been doing from generation to generation to generation. This event takes place 1,000 years after everything has begun and had been created. The Bible tells us and shares with us that that Mary minding her own business now. And and as she's minding her own business, she gets a visit from the angel Gabriel. And the angel comes and says unto her, Hail, Mary, you are not just favored, but highly favored. When you think of all of the goodness of God and how he woke you up this morning and allowed you to come into the place of worship, you're highly favored. When you, when you woke up this morning and realized you had a roof over your head and your lights was on and the house was warm, you're highly favored. When you get ready to go forth and do the things that bring praise and glory to God, he gives you the strength to do it because you're highly favored. You are blessed this morning to see another Christmas because you're highly favored. I said earlier, God came through last night with the spirit of death and he looked and walked past your door. But somebody didn't wake up, but you are highly favored. Mary was highly favored. Mary enjoyed God's presence. The angel comes and tells her, you're highly favored. God is with you. Isn't it wonderful to know that God is with us no matter where we go, no matter what we do? He's always right there with us. He said, blessed are you 
among women. See, see, God could have chosen anybody. He could have just went to Bethlehem and found somebody. But he had a miraculous reason for choosing this woman. She was, not only was Mary the, uh, a virgin, but she was pure. And she had not known a man. Let's go a little bit further. It says, and when, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind the salutation. What does this mean? See, when God went to, to, to Zechariah, he was speculative. He was doubtful. But when God went to Mary, Mary just wondered about that thing. She said, I wonder what he's talking about. How is this going to happen? Let's look at the rest of that verse. He says, and the angel said unto her, fear not. Sometimes you have situations and circumstances going on in your life that brings upon you the fear. But God says, don't be fretful and don't fear. He tells Mary, fear not. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Isn't it good to have favor with God? And, and behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. Now that word, is that, that's Jesus, the word that is translated from the Hebrew, the real name Yeshua HaMashiach is his real name. So, so when I'm looking at the sepher and I see it, I don't see Jesus. I say, I see Yeshua. That means Jehovah or, or Joshua in the Old Testament. Jehovah is with us. Or God is with you. Or God is salvation is what that word means. It goes on and tells him, he said, uh, uh, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the most high, your Bible may say. And, and Yahuwah Elohim of the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now you know why Joseph had to respond when God went to him in the dream to the angel and said, boy, take that woman and marry her. Don't worry about the fact that she's pregnant. She's carrying that of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon her and, and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. And she received the seed in a womb that's going to transform Israel first. And as he finished with Israel, he's going to open the door for all the Gentiles. To come forth and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. He said, Joseph, take her as your wife. And Joseph took Mary, but he didn't touch her after Christ was born. That means the, the marriage wasn't conceived. They were legally married because it was a law. And the marriage had already been arranged and they were betrothed. But, but, the, but the, 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 the consummation which seals the marriage hadn't taken place yet. But when that happened, then they were truly Connected the way God wanted them to be connected. But Christ had to come forth first from a pure virgin woman, not just any woman, a woman that found favor and was highly favored in the sight and in the eyes of God Almighty. The word of God goes on to tell us in chapter 2, it came to pass in those days that, 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 that there was a decree sent from Caesar Augustus. Now God goes back to the world system, goes back to the political system, and he said, now Caesar... I want you to set up a seniors. I want you to go and tell all the world that they need to be taxes. He had no idea what God was doing, but God knew what he was doing. So he sends out this decree when Carinus was the governor of Syria. And when the decree goes out, that means people had to start packing up and going back to their own homeland. 
See, God had already orchestrated how this thing would take place. He already knew what he was going to do. And in the process of so doing, the word of God tells us and says, and he went and they all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. From Galilee, Joseph got his things together, packed up his pregnant wife, who was almost due, and they started down the road to Bethlehem. And on the process, can you imagine riding that donkey? And she already about ready to give birth. And the timing, there was 100 miles between where they were in Galilee and Jerusalem. That's a long time to be walking or riding a donkey. And, and she's, she's able to contain and God preserves her body and keeps her healthy and strong till she gets there. And just imagine you done waited too late to make arrangements so you have somewhere to stay. Mary and Joseph travels, no doubt, from Nazareth, going down to the city of David, to Bethlehem. And they get there because this happens because David or Joseph is one of the relatives of the tribe of Judah, which lineage Christ is going to have to come through in order to save Israel first and then the world. So Joseph plays a very vital role here in this city called Bethlehem. He's going back to pay the taxes on his property, but while he's there, his wife-to-be is going to bear the savior of the world. The scripture tells us and shares with us that they go on down to Bethlehem. And while she is there, being great with child, and so it was that the days were completed or accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. The first son. See, the, the Bible says the first child should always be dedicated. The first son should always be dedicated unto the Lord. Parents should always dedicate that first child, that first boy, back to God. Yes. Mary has this first child, the Savior of the world. She brings him forth, and then she wraps him in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes were just strips of cloth. That's all it was. They didn't have nowhere to stay. They stayed at the end of one of the houses in the animal stable with all the animals in the field. And, and Christ was wrapped in these strips of cloth. He stripped himself of all of his power, all of his authority, all of his honor, and came into the earth destitute. That you and I may be worthy. That you and I may be saved. That you and I may be exalted. That you and I may be blessed. That you and I may be uplifted. That you and I may realize that we are royalty, that we are priests and priestesses, and we have everything to be thankful for and to give God glory and praise for. He came unto his own, and guess what? They did not receive him. But to as many as he came, the Bible says, to them he gave the power to become the sons and the daughters of God Almighty. Word of God tells us and shares with us that Christ is wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then they put him in a manger. It sounds like a good place, doesn't it? Let me break that down for you. A manger was a hall of trough. It's where they fed the animals, where they would go and drink their water and eat the slop that was thrown into this little trough. That's what a manger was. That's how destitute he was. Not only was he just that destitute, he did it for you and he did it for me. People laying in the bed this morning talking about Merry Christmas. They ought to be in the house of God giving him praise 
and glory because he came through 42 generations to save and deliver us all from our sinful condition. The Bible says any man that says he's without sin is a liar. We sin daily. I'm trying to figure out what, what I got to go to God and ask him to forgive me for. So we all come short of God's glory. Every single day we have to go before him and say, Father, clean me up. Make me anew that I may go forth and share your glory, share your goodness. Tell the world that you are Lord to the glory of God. Purify me, wash me with the water by the word that you would be glorified and magnified and uplifted and exalted. See, if God needed somebody perfect, he wouldn't have chose you. He wouldn't have chose me if he wanted somebody perfect. But because he needed us to be able to identify. See, Christ was the Savior. The only difference between Christ and another man was Christ was perfect. He was a human, but he was not human through the seed of a man. Why? Because man was already stained with sin. Man was born in iniquity and shaped in sin. And Christ couldn't come that way in order to be the sacrificial lamb to redeem us. He had to be coming to birth through a virgin that had never known a man because he had to remain pure. Some people said the man upstairs. Be careful using that word. Because God is not the man upstairs. He is the orchestrator. He's the universe creator. He's he who breathes life. He is the holy of holies, the awesome, loving, divine, unique, proud, thunderous, and mighty God who's outside of eternity and has it all in his hand. We have to give him glory and give him praise because of who he is and because of what he's done for each and every one of us. The angel brings her that great news and Mary receives it and realizes that I am somebody. Can you imagine that? And all through her life, many things took place in the life of her son where she had to continue to ponder those things in her heart. She couldn't tell everything. Sometimes you talk too much and you tell the wrong thing. But Mary kept all of those things in her heart. Because imagine as she watched her son grow in the stature and in the admonishment of God and back into the power and the presence of the spirit where he came. God had the power to do anything anytime. But because he loved you and I so much. He allowed his son to come through the birth canal, come destitute with nothing and grow back into the statues and into the glories, into the power of God. And then give his life for you and I, that we all may have a right unto life eternal. That's why Christ came. That's why the anointed Messiah came into the earth. He came for you and I. Don't worry about what you're going through or what you're experiencing. Just think about the fact that you are highly favored, that you are blessed, that you are above and not beneath. God has called and created you and made you everything that you need to be so that the eternity could rejoice for the fact that God cared so much that he saved you, that he delivered you, that he brought you back unto the place that you need to be. Christ is the living savior of the world. He is the risen son of God that was born on this day. He became poor and destitute that you and I might become rich. He was born outside of the stable in an animal station in a trough that he was laid upon and put in wrapped in strips of cloth. Why? Because he wanted you to realize and to know there is nothing 
impossible with God. That's what the angel told Mary. He said, but God, all things are possible. He can do all things and anything. Whatever it is that's troubling you this morning, you need to know that all things are possible. You need to go to know that God will answer whatever that circumstance or situation is in your life. You need to know that you are highly favored and all you've got to do is take it before God in prayer. What he says, don't worry about it. Don't have anxiety about it. But with prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ. When he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I peace. Let not your heart be troubled. And what? Neither let it be afraid. The Savior has come to redeem the world. He's come to set you and I free. But are we willing to receive Christ this morning as Lord and Savior? Are we willing to realize that this is more than about toys and a fake Santa Claus? This is about the Savior of the world and the fact that he came through 42 generations to save all of us. We're running around here lying to our children. Wow. God says, don't take the glory and play with it. But he said, give him all the glory. Give him all the honor. Give him all the praise because it is he who gives you breath to breathe every day. It is he who gives you life every morning. It is he who says, I'm going to touch my child and let him get up and have activity and use of his limb. You're highly favored this morning. You are, you are the benefit of an immaculate conception. You are, you are being rewarded with the blessings and the goodness of God and the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. God is with you this morning. God is watching over you. God is protecting you through the son, Yeshua HaMashiach. He said, lift your heart and sing glory to the newborn king. Christ is Lord to the glory of God. He's the savior of the world. He's your righteousness, your holiness, everything you need. God's got No matter what it is, you can go to the savior and ask. He said, ask the father in my name. And then I will give it unto you, whatever it is you need. He said, bear fruit. Think about Mary. She bared righteous fruit. She bared the most powerful, the most important fruit of all, the Savior of the world. And he went forth doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils and demons, that men would be set free, that they would be exalted and liberated from the world's sinful condition. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. But don't ever forget that God has given you Christ Yeshua through the miraculous conception of Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today, our Yeshua, our Elohim, to give you praise and glory. We thank you for this message this morning, the Immaculate Conception of Christ, our Lord. We thank you for his birth and for his life. We thank you for what he did for us when he gave his life on Calvary to save us from our sins. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise and glorify your holy and righteous name. We pray that this message will go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast sent it. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, be accepted in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Let us realize that we are highly favored and blessed of you, O oh Most High. 
that we can come to you with whatever troubles us and find answers and deliverance and victory. Find healing from every sickness and every disease. For we know that with you all things are possible and without you nothing is possible. But we rely on our faith and trust in you. We seek you this morning. We bless you. We praise you. And we thank you on this Christmas morning that we're able to come into the house of worship one more time. And say, you Lord, unto the glory of God, Yeshua, Hamashiach, our anointed Messiah. We give you praise and glory. And I bless this house. Touch everyone under the sound of my voice. And those that listen to this podcast, be with them. And we pray for their salvation if they've not received Christ as Lord and Savior. That they will confess with their mouth the Lord, Yeshua, and believe in their heart that God raised them from the dead. That they may be saved and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven with you, our Father. Bless you this morning. We praise and thank you for this message. We give you all glory and honor. Yes. Bless your holy name. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank Both the first and the second chapter of the book of Luke today, chapter one, is where this begins. Then it picks up in chapter two. So from the theme the miraculous conception the miraculous conception in the book of Luke chapter 1 we find around the 26th verse these words and in the sixth month the angel Gabriel went was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came unto her and said hail you that are highly favored God is with you blessed are you among women and when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you are, have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Yeshua, or Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And God, Elohim, shall give him Give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Picking up in the first, second chapter, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this tax was first when Carinus was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the town of Nazareth, or the city of Nazareth, into the Judah, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swollen clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room 
for them in the end. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our Yeshua, we come to bless you, to glorify you this morning. We thank you for this day and for this hour. We seek your wisdom and your guidance and your knowledge this morning, Father. We ask you to bring back to our members those things that we've already studied and reviewed. We pray now for this congregation that you'd open their eyes to see, their ears to hear, and their hearts to receive the engrafted word of life. We thank you this morning. We praise you and we bless you for these that are in the house. Those that are worshiping all over the city, the state, and the country this morning. Bless your people everywhere. Touch the nation of Israel. Bless them in the name of Christ Yeshua. We ask these blessings now. Come Holy Spirit and teach us. Lead and guide us by your wisdom, by your word, and by your power. In Christ Yeshua's name we pray that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. We find the word of God tells us that this is a miraculous conception that is taking place on this morning, the birth of Christ, December the 25th, as we celebrate. This prophecy is told in the book of Michael. Michael talks about this very event that we are sharing this morning. In the book of Michael, that prophecy in the fifth chapter, verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth unto me that is to be the ruler of Israel, whose going forth have been of old from everlasting. So the prophecy of Christ coming into the earth manifests and come forth right now. In this prophecy, Micah talks about the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He tells us that he's coming forth from the nation uh, to take over the nation of Israel. Remember, now this particular story tells us and shares with us how this event takes place from Mary's perspective. We talked about it from Joseph's perspective on last Sunday. Now today, I want to talk about it from Mary's perspective because the angel Gabriel had already gone down to Elizabeth and had spoken to her in her old age. He talked to Sarah in the Old Testament and spoke to her in her old age, both of whom were barren, did not have children. And God blessed their wombs and opened them up. Rebecca could not have children, and God blessed her, opened her womb, and gave her sons. Word of God tells us that that, that this story is symbolic to all the miracles that God had been doing from generation to generation to generation. This event takes place 1,000 years after everything has begun and had been created. Bible tells us and shares with us that that Mary, minding her own business now, and, and as she's minding her own business, she gets the visit from the angel Gabriel. And the angel comes and says unto her, Hail, Mary, you are not just favored, but highly favored. When you think of all of the goodness of God and how 
he woke you up this morning and allowed you to come into the place of worship, you're highly favored. When you, when you woke up this morning and realized you had a roof over your head and your lights was on and the house was warm, you're highly favored. When you get ready to go forth and do the things that bring praise and glory to God, he gives you the strength to do it because you're highly favored. You were blessed this morning to see another Christmas because... You're highly paid. But I said earlier, God came through last night with the spirit of death. And he looked and walked past your door. But somebody didn't wake up. But you are highly paid. Mary was highly paid. Mary enjoyed God's presence. The angel comes and tells her, you're highly paid. God is with you. Isn't it wonderful to know that God is with us no matter where we go, no matter what we do? He's always right there with us. He said, blessed are you among women. See, see, God could have chosen anybody. He could have just went to Bethlehem and found somebody. But he had a miraculous reason for choosing this woman. She not only was Mary the, uh, a virgin, but she was pure. And she had not known a man. Let's go a little bit further. It says, and when, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind the salutation. What does this mean? See, when God went to, to, to Zechariah, he was speculative. He was doubtful. But when God went to Mary, Mary just wondered about that thing. She said, I wonder what he's talking about. How is this going to happen? Let's look at the rest of that verse. He says, and the angel said unto her, fear not. Sometimes you have situations and circumstances going on in your life that brings upon you the fear. But God says, don't be fretful and don't fear. He tells Mary, fear not. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Isn't it good to have favor with God? And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. Now that word, is that, that's Jesus, the word that is translated from the Hebrew, the real name Yeshua HaMashiach is his real name. So, so when I'm looking at the suffering, I see it. I don't see Jesus. I see, I see Yeshua. That means Jehovah or, or Joshua in the Old Testament. Jehovah is with us. Or God is with you. Or God is salvation is what that word means. It goes on and tells you, he said, uh, uh, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the most high, your Bible may say. And, and Yahuwah Elohim of the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now you know why Joseph had to respond when God went to him in the dream to the angel and said, boy, take that woman and marry her. Don't worry about the fact that she's pregnant. She's carrying that of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon her and, and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. And she received the seed in a womb that's going to transform Israel first. And as he finished with Israel, he's going to open the door for all the Gentiles. To come forth and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. He said, Joseph, take her as your wife. And Joseph took Mary, but he didn't touch her after Christ was born. That means the, the marriage wasn't conceived. They were legally married because it was a law. 
And the marriage had already been arranged and they were betrothed, but, but, the, but the, 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 the consummation which seals the marriage hadn't taken place yet. But when that happened, then they were truly connected the way God wanted them to be connected. But Christ had to come forth first from a pure virgin woman, not just any woman, a woman that found favor and was highly favored in the sight and in the eyes of God Almighty. Word of God goes on to tell us in chapter 2, it came to pass in those days that, 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 that there was a decree sent from Caesar Augustus. Now God goes back to the world system, goes back to the political system, and he said, now Caesar, I want you to set up a senius. I want you to go and tell all the world that they need to be taxes. He had no idea what God was doing, but God knew what he was doing. So he sends out this decree when Carinus was the governor of Syria. And when the decree goes out, that means people had to start packing up and going back to their own homeland. See, God had already orchestrated how this thing would take place. He already knew what he was going to do. And in the process of so doing, the word of God tells us and says, and he went and they all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. From Galilee, Joseph got his things together, packed up his pregnant wife, who was almost due. And they started down the road to Bethlehem. And, and on the process, can you imagine riding that donkey? And she already about ready to give birth. And the timing, there was 100 miles between where they were in Galilee and Jerusalem. That's a long time to be walking or riding a donkey. And, and she's, she's able to contain and God preserves her body and keeps her healthy and strong till she gets there. And just imagine you done waited too late to make arrangements so you have somewhere to stay. Mary and Joseph travels, no doubt, from Nazareth, going down to the city of David, to Bethlehem. And they get there because this happens because David or Joseph is one of the relatives of the tribe of Judah, which lineage Christ is going to have to come through in order to save Israel first and then the world. So Joseph plays a very vital role here in this city called Bethlehem. He's going back to pay the taxes on his property, but while he's there, his wife-to-be is going to bear the Savior of the world. The scripture tells us and shares with us that they go on down to Bethlehem. And while she is there, being great with child, and so it was that the days were completed or accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. The first son. See, the, the Bible says the first child should always be dedicated. The first son should always be dedicated unto the Lord. Parents should always dedicate that first child, that first boy, back to God. So Mary has this first child the savior of the world, she brings him forth and then she wraps him in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes were just strips of cloth. That's all it was. They didn't have nowhere to stay. They stayed at the end of one of the houses in the animal stable with all the animals in the field. And, and Christ was wrapped in these strips of cloth. He stripped himself of all of his power, all of his authority, all of his honor and came into the earth destitute. That you and I may be worthy. That you and I 
may be failed. That you and I may be exalted. That you and I may be blessed. That you and I may be uplifted. That you and I may realize that we are royalty. That we are priests and priestesses. And we have everything to be thankful for and to give God glory and praise for. He came unto his own and guess what? They did not receive him. But to as many as he came, the Bible says, to them he gave the power to become the sons and the daughters of God all night. Word of God tells us and shares with us that, that Christ is wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then they put him in a manger. It sounds like a good place, doesn't it? Let me break that down for you. A manger was a hall trough. It's where they fed the animals. Where they would go and drink their water and eat the slop that was thrown into this little trough. That's what a manger was. That's how destitute he was. Not only was he just that destitute, he did it for you and he did it for me. People laying in the bed this morning talking about Merry Christmas. They ought to be in the house of God giving him praise and glory because he came through 42 generations to save and deliver us all from our sinful condition. The Bible says any man that says he's without sin is a liar. We sin daily. I'm trying to figure out what, what I got to go to God and ask him to forgive me for. So we all come short of God's glory. Every single day, we have to go before him and say, Father, clean me up. Make me anew that I may go forth and share your glory, share your goodness. Tell the world that you are Lord to the glory of God. Purify me, wash me with the water by the word, that you would be glorified and magnified and uplifted and exalted. See, if God needed somebody perfect, he wouldn't have chose you. He wouldn't have chose me if he wanted somebody perfect. But because he needed us to be able to identify. See, Christ was the Savior. The only difference between Christ and another man was Christ was perfect. He was human, but he was not human through the seed of a man. Why? Because man was already stained with sin. Man was born in iniquity and shaped in sin. And Christ couldn't come that way in order to be the sacrificial lamb to redeem us. He had to be coming to birth through a virgin that had never known a man because he had to remain pure. Some people said the man upstairs. Be careful using that word. Because God is not the man upstairs. He is the orchestrator. He's the universe creator. He's he who breathes life. He is the holy of holies, the awesome, loving, divine, unique, proud, thunderous, and mighty God who's outside of eternity and has it all in his hand. We have to give him glory and give him praise because of who he is and because of what he's done for each and every one of us. The angel brings her that great news and Mary receives it and realizes that I am somebody. Can you imagine that? And all through her life, Many things took place in the life of her son where she had to continue to ponder those things in her heart. She couldn't tell everything. Sometimes you talk too much and you tell the wrong thing. But Mary kept all of those things in her Because imagine as she watched her son grow in the statue and in the admonishment of God and back into the power and the presence of the spirit where he came. God had the power to do anything anytime. But because he loved you and I so much, he allowed his son to come through the Birth canals, come destitute with nothing and grow back into the statues and into the glories, into the power of God. And then give his life 
for you and I, that we all may have a right unto life eternal. That's why Christ came. That's why the anointed Messiah came into the earth. He came for you and I. Don't worry about what you're going through or what you're experiencing. Just think about the fact that you are highly favored, that you are blessed, that you are above and not beneath. God has called and created you and made you everything that you need to be so that the eternity could rejoice for the fact that God cared so much that he saved you, that he delivered you, that he brought you back unto the place that you need to be. Christ is the living Savior of the world. He is the risen Son of God that was born on this day. He became poor and destitute that you and I might become rich. He was born outside of the stable in an animal station in a trough that he was laid upon and put in wrapped in strips of cloth. Why? Because he wanted you to realize and to know there is nothing impossible with God. That's what the angel told Mary. He said, with God, all things are possible. He can do all things and anything. Whatever it is that's troubling you this morning, you need to know that all things are possible. You need to go to know that God will answer whatever that circumstance or situation is in your life. You need to know that you are highly favored and all you've got to do is take it before God in prayer. What he says, don't worry about it. Don't have anxiety about it. But with prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ. When he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I peace. Let not your heart be troubled. And what? Neither let it be afraid. The Savior has come to redeem the world. He's come to set you and I free. But are we willing to receive Christ this morning as Lord and Savior? Are we willing to realize that this is more than about toys and a fake Santa Claus? This is about the Savior of the world and the fact that he came through 42 generations to save all of us. And we're running around here lying to our children. Wow. God says, don't take the glory and play with it. But he said, give him all the glory. Give him all the honor. Give him all the praise because it is he who gives you breath to breathe every day. It is he who gives you life every morning. It is he who says, I'm going to touch my child and let him get up and have activity and use of his limbs. You're highly favored this morning. You are, you are the benefit of an immaculate conception. You are, you are being rewarded with the blessings and the goodness of God and the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. God is with you this morning. God is watching over you. God is protecting you through the son, Yeshua HaMashiach. He said, lift your heart and sing glory to the newborn king. Christ is Lord to the glory of God. He's the savior of the world. He's your righteousness, your holiness, everything you need. God's got No matter what it is, you can go to the savior and ask. He said, ask the father in my name. And then I will give it unto you, whatever it is you need. He said, bear fruit. Think about Mary. She bared righteous fruit. She bared the most powerful, the most important fruit of all, the Savior of the world. And he went forth doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils and demons, that men would be set free, that they would be exalted and liberated from the world's sinful condition. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. 
But don't ever forget that God has given you Christ Yeshua through the miraculous conception of Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today, our Yeshua, our Elohim, to give you praise and glory. We thank you for this message this morning, the Immaculate Conception of Christ, our Lord. We thank you for his birth and for his life. We thank you for what he did for us when he gave his life on camp to save us from our sins. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise and glorify your holy and righteous name. We pray that this message will go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast sent it. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, be accepted in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Let us realize that we are highly favored and blessed of you, O Most High, that we can come to you with whatever troubles us and find answers and deliverance and victory. Find healing from every sickness and every disease. For we know that with you all things are possible and without you nothing is possible, but we rely on our faith and trust in you. We seek you this morning. We bless you. We praise you. And we thank you on this Christmas morning that we're able to come into the house of worship one more time and say, your Lord, unto the glory of God, Yeshua, Hamashiach, our anointed Messiah. We give you praise and glory. Now bless this house. Touch everyone under the sound of my voice and those that listen to this podcast. Be with them and we pray for their salvation if they've not received Christ as Lord and Savior. That they will confess with their mouth the Lord, Yeshua, and believe in their heart that God raised them from the dead that they may be saved and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven with you, our Father. Bless you this morning. We praise and thank you for this message. We give you all glory and honor. Yes. Bless your holy name. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.